traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Seeking truth and justice in a battleground of deception and corruption, this is The Richard Serrett Show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! We must not allow ourselves to be intimidated. Our task is not only to win the battle, but to win the war. Repeating, we're not in Kansas anymore. Take a look at this country through her eyes if you really want to see something. You'll see the whole parade of what man's carved out for himself after centuries of fighting. Hey there, this is your Matt Prophet of the Airwaves, and welcome once again to Radio Free Canada. News, notes, and opinions from the underground for Thursday, November the 17th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Happy birthday to my technical producer, Jacob Goldback. Jacob is, um, well, you told me earlier that you're 23. I was going to try and guess, but you told me. Uh, it's hard to tell because, uh, well, Jacob is an old soul. He listens to the Beatles. He loves the Beatles. How many 23-year-olds do you know that are into the Beatles? He may know more about the Beatles than I do. Any um, any big plans with the family to celebrate your 23rd birthday, Jacob? Uh, not today because I've got hockey. We, uh, my, my brother came in from school. He's at university right now. He came in this uh, the past weekend. So we just had a little dinner, the four of us then, and... Uh, uh, this weekend, I'm off to Buffalo to watch the Bills on Sunday. It might be in a blizzard, but it'll be fun. So nothing crazy, but it's been, it's been a good time. All right. Now, very quickly, we haven't had a chance to talk about this on the air. Are we happy with the Blue Jays trading Teoscar Hernandez to the Mariners for a couple of relief pitchers? 
I don't know if I'm happy. I, I think it's hard to be happy about it right now. Uh, but what I, what I am happy about is that they identified really quickly in the offseason that they needed to make a change to the team. They, instead of waiting around, it's, it, I mean, it hasn't even been two weeks since the season's been done. They're already out making changes. Uh, so long as this trade is followed by a, a bigger move and, and some with something that would improve the team elsewhere, uh, I, I, think it's, I think I'm happy with it, and I really like Swanson. Did, oh, so I was going to ask you, did they get value? Because Tioscar, you know, a pretty big bat in the middle of the, the order. Yeah, I think it's hard to replace a guy like that. But the thing that the Jays have going for them is, is they almost don't really need another bat like Teoscar. They need uh, more, a left hand, not, not to say a left handed contact, but they just need any kind of a left handed bat, really. And someone I think who's better defensively. So I think Teoscar was completely expendable. I think if you look at it from a bird's eye view, you'll see, I think that in this trade specifically, they might have gotten the lower end of the value because when you trade an all-star slugger, you're not normally going to get equal return, but the trade makes a lot of sense. All right, there you go. Jacob Goldback, co-host of The Swing, Mondays at 7 here on the Mighty Saga 960. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, Richard. All right, the website is therichardserratshow.com, therichardserratshow.com. Check it out. You can send me an email through the contact page. You can listen to every episode of this program on the Listen page, and you can learn more about my cast of regular contributors on the About page, the richardserratshow.com. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. That's the number to get on board. Call in. The phone lines are actually open now. 289-275-9600. Uh, we could have another strike as of this Monday. Education support staff represented by QP. Once again, prepare to walk off the job as early as Monday. Still no deal with the Ministry of Education. You'll remember they invoked back-to-work legislation. And just in case, they attached a notwithstanding clause to it in case it was challenged in the courts. Then they rescinded that bill because QP agreed to go back to work and back to the negotiating table while they still haven't hammered out a deal. So now, here we go again. There are some reports the uh, the membership, the education support staff, the rank and file, would like to vote on a deal now and avoid the strike. And the ministry is saying that they, they uh, are committed to working through the weekend or talking through the weekend, at least until Sunday, to try and avert this strike. We'll, we'll see. But as of right now, we could be looking at another school closure. Have you had enough yet, parents? Now might be a good time, once again, to think about homeschooling your children. I mean, seriously, if, if not homeschooling, it's time for the province to give parents control over their children's education. Give parents more choice. You know, I was reading a piece uh, written for True North by Paige McPherson. She's the associate director of education policy at the Fraser Institute. And it's about this very thing, school choice in Ontario. It's time. Other provinces have it. It's long, long overdue. Letting parents take their tax dollars to schools they choose for their children, making alternative schools more affordable to all families. She writes, the CUPE strike was just the latest example of Ontario's children being held hostage by the gatekeepers of the government-run public school system. It's time for the government to stop exclusively funding the current one-size-fits-all system and start funding students instead. Here, here. 
She continues, because many lower and middle class Ontario families don't have a choice. They can choose their grocery stores, their daycares and preschools. Yet, unlike parents in half of the other provinces, they can't afford to choose their kids or they can't they cannot afford to choose their kids schools. The Ford government could change that. First, it could make it easier for families to switch to any government public school they choose without adhering to a catchment area, as other provinces such as British Columbia have done. Precisely. What is this idea? You have to you have to send your school to the school that's in your catchment area. Ridiculous. I mean, I know that there are exceptions. My my uh, two boys, they do not attend a school in their catchment area. Once we uh, stopped homeschooling them, they wanted a high school experience, but we wanted them to go to a particular high school just outside of our catchment, and we we were able to to negotiate that. But it's not always that simple. The government could also send a portion of parents' tax dollars to schools of their choice. In Quebec, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and B.C., the provincial government does exactly that by funding independent schools from anywhere from 35% to 80% of the per-student cost of government public schools. This helps increase school choice and also saves taxpayer money. Every child who attends an independent school costs, get this, taxpayers less than students who attend government public schools. Again, this is Paige McPherson writing for True North, the Associate Director of Education Policy at the Fraser Institute. This helps increase school choice. Oh, I, I, I read that. This is amazing. Every child who attends an independent school costs taxpayers less than students who attend government public schools. I'd say that's quite an indictment of the public school system. Like in Alberta, Ontario could also allow charter schools, which are common in Sweden, the United States, and elsewhere. Typically, governments fund charter schools. Parents pay no tuition, and parents and teachers run the schools. Let me repeat that. Parents and teachers run the schools, which often have their own unique educational offering. Alberta's nonprofit charter schools include a STEM school, an English second language school, a music school, and an indigenous cultural school. Finally, Ontario could introduce education savings accounts for every family, which could be spent on independent schooling, homeschooling, tutoring, and other educational activities like in Arizona, Singapore, and elsewhere. All right. Uh, are, we having, are we able to take calls? We, we are. Okay, great. There was some question as to whether uh, we were having some phone problems. So let me know, would you be in favor of charter schools or at least school choice in Ontario? In other words, we fund the student, not the system. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. It's time. Way past time. The education of our children is primarily, or it should be, a parental responsibility. And we made... As a society, a grave mistake when we ceded this responsibility to the public school system. I had Ruth Gaskowski on the program, of course, every Tuesday talking about homeschool, homeschooling. And she pointed out when mass education or public education was first introduced into the United States in 1850 in Massachusetts, there was rioting in the streets. 
In Australia, a voucher system funds student attendance at independent schools with a higher value for low-income families based on area of residence. Ontario could even revisit its old income-tested partial tax credit for families, introduced and then squelched in the early 2000s. In the early uh, 2000s. The question of demand has been answered. Even in Ontario's current system, where the government offers no independent school funding, enrollment in independent schools is increasing. From 2006 to 2007, or sorry, from 2006-07 to 2019-2020, the share of Ontario kids enrolled in independent schools jumped from, get this, 5.1% to 6.9%. Over the same period, the share of students opting to a home school or opting to homeschool also increased while the share of kids enrolled in government-run public schools decreased. In other words, parents are voting with their feet. They're getting out of the public school system. Again, this is a Paige McPherson writing for True North. TNC.news. We'll, uh, I'll continue to read from this article and also take your calls in the next segment. 289-275-9600. Is it time for charter schools and more parental choice in education here in Ontario? 289-275-9600. The Richard Serrett Show. Off and running for Thursday, November the 17th. Facta non verba. We're back as the Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk Saga 960 AM. All right, welcome back. 289-275-9600. Is it time for our tax dollars to fund the student, not the system? It's time for charter schools in Ontario. It's time for greater parental choice in education here in Ontario. All right, 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600, the number to uh, get on board. And I'm asking you whether, in light of this strike that's um, pending, perhaps as early as Monday, again, education staff walking off the job, if there's no agreement reached by Sunday afternoon, this is um, the union represented by QP. And here we go again, another school closure. Have you had enough? So I was reading this article from Paige McPherson, writing for True North, and Paige is the Associate Director of Education Policy at the Fraser Institute, saying that it's time, way past time, for charter schools in Ontario, more school choice. This is something that uh, half the other provinces allow for. British Columbia allows you to or makes it easier for families to switch to any government public school they choose. You don't have to adhere to a catchment area, as we do in Ontario. For the most part, there are exceptions. In uh, Quebec, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and B.C., the, uh, the provincial governments there send a portion of your tax dollars to schools of your choice. They fund independent schools anywhere from 35 to 80% of the per student cost of uh, government public schools. Again, every child who attends an independent school actually costs taxpayers less than students who attend government public schools. And in Alberta, they have charter schools. These are also common in Sweden, the United States, and elsewhere. Typically, government-funded charter schools 
Parents pay no tuition. Parents and teachers run the schools. I like that part. Teachers and parents run the schools. And they have their own unique educational offerings. Alberta's nonprofit charter schools include a STEM school, an English second language school, a music school, and an indigenous, an indigenous, indigenous culture school. 289-275-9600. As of Monday, your kids could be home again. Another school closure. There are some reports, however, that the membership, the QP membership, are ready to vote on a, on a, a complete deal. Whether their union bosses will allow that remains to be seen. But we could be looking at another cl- school closure as of Monday. 289-275-9600. Let me give you a heads up what's coming up on the uh, program today. Our good friend David Freiheit, host of Viva Fry the uh, very popular channel on YouTube. He'll be here. This is rather disturbing news. Uh, Joe Biden promising world leaders that the U.S. will strengthen digital COVID-19 certificates. In fact, the G20 today signed, was it today or yesterday, signed a declaration that they will strengthen digital COVID-19 certificates. What are they playing at? It sounds like they want to reintroduce vaccine mandates to travel. Here we go again, folks. Despite all of the science, all of the science, which reveals vaccines do nothing to stop transmission. Doesn't matter because we know this is about control. Nothing else. Well, also, uh, when David Freiheit joins us, Viva Fry. We'll talk about Vladimir Zelensky. Is he trying to drag NATO into World War III? This guy's reckless. Absolutely reckless. Claiming that the uh, that missile was fired by the Russians prior to any proper investigation. Even the United States doesn't believe that. But he was ready to drag us right into World War III. All right, we'll uh, take a quick time out. When we come back, we will get to your calls. If you've got a line, hold on to it. If not, 289-275-9600. It's time for more school choice in Ontario. It's time for charter schools in Ontario. Back with more of the Richard Serrett Show right after these. Let's get back at it on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. It's the Richard Serrett Show. Welcome back to 289-275-9600, asking whether it's time for charter schools in Ontario, more parental choice in education. Let's pick it up with uh, Dave from Toronto. Dave, welcome. Hey, Richard. Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Great. Yeah, I love your show. been listening for a while. Uh, yeah, just on this education thing, I just wanted to say that... Uh, you know, I've got two kids that uh, went through the educational system in Ontario, and it's very disappointed with it. And we eventually had to pull them out, put them into a faith-based school. And, you know, it's, it's fairly expensive. And this idea of charter schools, I think, is a great idea. But as far as uh, this strike goes, I would, uh, I'm very disappointed in Mr. Doug Ford. If, if he had just stuck to his guns and invoked the... Uh, notwithstanding act 
and put these people uh, in their place and told them that this is the way it is. These unions are, are just too much. You know, if they don't like their jobs, go find another one. That That's how I grew up. If you're not making enough money, go get a part-time job or go get a better job. Well, that's, and, and that's what it should these- be. It is, if, and for many of these, uh, there's 55,000 uh, education support staff, and I, I, I don't know for many of them, but it is, they work 10 months of the year. So it, in a sense, for, for, for a lot of them, it is part-time work. And yeah, the money is, is uh, not ideal, but as you say, we have choice. Well, we have choice in every other uh, area of life, except apparently uh, parents uh, don't have choice in education. Um, thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Dave. 289-275-9600. Two eight nine two seven five ninety six hundred. Is it time for charter schools, or at least greater parental choice in education? Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and overpolicing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for people who want to know more. And now check out Curiosity's new series, The Real Wild West. Rolling Stone magazine says it's the history of the West they usually don't teach you. The mythology of the West left out a lot of the people. People said they'd never seen a black cowboy. This is the history book, but did you know about these other facts? Watch The Real Wild West now on Curiosity Stream. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Coming up a little bit later on the program, John O'Connor, U.S. attorney, will be here also in the second hour. And uh, we will talk. Here's a shocker, right? Just after the midterms, now the FBI announces that they found nothing of consequence at Mar-a-Lago when they raided Donald Trump's house. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, just in time for the elections. Or they wait till after the elections and then they announce, yeah, no, there wasn't really anything. Much ado about nothing. John O'Connor uh, will be here about uh, to talk about that. Plus, he'll also weigh in. Now, this is interesting. Uh, the, uh, the Republicans, who, of course, have just declared that they have the or it's been declared that they have the majority in the House of Representatives. Now, the Republicans in the House are announcing they are launching investigations into Joe Biden. And. um alleged criminal activity involved with uh, Hunter Biden's dealings. John O'Connor will be here to, to, to uh, discuss that as well. Uh, in defense of women, which we uh, do every Thursday here in the program, Mia Ashton will be here from Cosbar. She's Cosbar's child safeguarding campaign uh, lead and has been published. Uh, well, she's a regular contributor to the post millennial. We'll talk about, 
Ontario, uh, an Ontario bill, Bill 48, demanding that taxpayers fund gender affirming cosmetic procedures. In the midst of a healthcare crisis, they want us to fund the bill for offender uh, gender affirming cosmetic care. All right. Let's see. Who do we have here? Uh, we don't have a name, but I think they're calling from Toronto. They want to talk charter schools. Hello. You're on the air. Yeah, it's real. I mean, there's so much we could talk about. Uh, but yeah, since you said charter schools, that sounds good. Well, charter schools, I guess you would mean that we have a choice, right? And we could just go to any school and our money would go there. Not necessarily like how it is today where basically you just go to a Catholic school or a public school, right? Right. You're, you may have to go to the school that's in your catchment area or in some rare cases, you may you may be transferred to a school outside your catchment. But this this way that you could go to any school you wanted this would force the schools to actually be competing with each other for taxpayer dollars for funding, because if, if no one's choosing your particular public school and I say your, I mean, the teachers that are there, the principal, if no one's teaches, if no one, no parent are choosing your school. You, you're not going to get any tax dollars. You're going to have to close up shops. So it'll instill some meritocracy. Uh, uh, schools will now start competing with each other. Maybe uh, in one in one case, they'll say, well, I think parents would like, uh, a, you know, a uniform policy or a dress code. Let's institute that. Or, you know, uh, we're going to improve, uh, I don't know, our, our math scores yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Uh, like, like, like life has shown us, competition makes things better, doesn't it, right? Uh, so, yeah, leave it to competition. Yeah, I mean, my experience through people that I know, uh, I've got in-laws, a big family, Ecuadorian, and the kids who were educated there, and some of them, they were born here, they went to Ecuador, came back here for grade 12. Well, they were, like, shocked that what they were learning here was, like, about five, six years back. They all got, in grade 12 here, coming from Ecuador, the, let's see, there was two sisters and a brother, within the two years, they got 98, 99% averages here in grade 12. And, and their, their cousins who were going to school here were struggling, like uh, uh, the ones that I know on a personal level, right? They were struggling to get by in math and things like that. Because I don't know what it is if we don't know how to teach properly, like how to get things into somebody's head. Because I also met somebody a good 20 years ago who was from uh, when Yugoslavia was a country and I was amazed at this guy. He was about 10 years older than me at the time. He knew all his trigonometry tables, all that stuff in his head. I remember going to going to high school and Rio. having to use the table. Well, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I got to run. I'm up against a break here and uh, I got to go. But okay. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Rio. Call anytime. Okay. Take care. Bye. All right. All the best. All right. When we come back, this is uh, this is sad. Here we have a uh, another incident of racial segregation on a Canadian university campus. This time, Brock University, Ali Canten Nantel from True North, has the details when we come back. You're listening to the Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga, nine sixty a.m. Welcome back. Last week was it, or two weeks ago? Ellie Canten Nantel was here from True North. We were talking about this racially segregated yoga class at the University of Guelph. In other words, no whites allowed in the yoga class. I mean, this is this is literally the definition of racism. Uh, but it's it's all done in the uh, under the guise of what anti-black racism, 
which is another word for racism. So right now it's happening as I suspected or as I suspect at a, a number of university and college campuses across Canada. And here we have another example. Niagara's Brock University has launched a new racially segregated study hall only for students who identify as black, indigenous, or persons of color. Ali Akantan-Nantel, again, Ottawa-based journalist with True North, and he joins me now. Hey, Ali, welcome back. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm well, thank you. This is just sad. It's it's really kind of depressing, actually, to think that we're, um, we're sending back race relations, what, 50, 60, 70 years, going back to segregation. Um, tell me more about this Brock University study hall. How long has this been going on? Uh, so this is quite recent. It's from this year that the, the university uh, put out a, a statement in early November talking about this new program, which they say they developed after talking to students that identify as, as BIPOC, which is, in my opinion, just another one of those acronyms the left likes to use to clump a bunch of people together so they can use them as, as uh, victims to further their agenda. And a day of... Um, launched this, this study space uh, twice a week from 6 to 8 p.m. where, uh, you know, BIPOC students can uh, come and get free uh, tutoring services uh, because apparently they, they are more uh, disadvantaged than, than white students. So in, in order to, to fix that rather than maybe fix the socioeconomic issues that are behind those inequalities that the university has decided to basically implement a modern woke uh, version of racial segregation. Right. Uh, which is, it's just, it's, let's just call it for what it is. It's it, what Brock University is doing is engaging in racism. As you say, it's, it's got a new name, but it's, it's racial segregation. It's no different. I mean, the, the uh, instead of, uh, well, it's no different than what Governor Wallace was doing down in Alabama back in the 1960s when he said segregation uh, today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. That was wrong then, and it's wrong now. But now this is segregation in the uh, in the name of racial equity. It's still racism. Why stop there, Ellie? I mean, why don't they just segregate graduation ceremonies, classes, uh, uh, residences? I mean, is that next? Well, that's already happening. I'm sorry to say, Richard, that the McMaster University had a segregated uh, black graduation ceremony uh, last spring. And in California, I believe it's the University of California has a has a blacks only uh, residence called I believe it's called the People's House, something like that. Um, I will say personally, what I find incredibly racist here is that it's not just for a particular group. This is not, you know, let's say a cultural club where people, let's say from a, a specific ethnicity like African-Americans or, you know, from a certain country in Africa, from a certain place in India are meeting up and people actually have genuine connections to each other based on their culture, their life experiences. I mean, the word BIPOC is so vast. I mean, you include uh, groups like, you know, South Koreans, Chinese people, uh, people from India, South Asian people who actually tend to be the top earners in Canada. So tend to be quite well off. Even I've seen some statistics where that shows certain, you know, minority groups being more wealthy than white people. So so to assume that everybody who has a, a pigmentation that is 
darker than white people is oppressed and hence needs this extra help, I think is so fundamentally racist because you assume that because someone's skin is darker, this means you are oppressed, which is false. We have, unfortunately, some inequalities that are, you know, related to long race problems, but to assume that everybody who is not white is oppressed is just unacceptable. And it's unfortunate that it's happening in taxpayer funded schools. Indeed, Niagara's Brock University, shameful, racists, segregationists, no different than George Wallace, Governor Wallace. Absolutely reprehensible. Um, Well, I'm sure we'll have, sadly, I'm sure you'll be back on the program in the not too distant future with uh, more examples of racial segregation on university college campuses. Ali Kantanantel, thank you so much for your time as always. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anytime. All right. He's with True North, TNC.news, support independent media, TNC.news. All right. When we come back in defense of women, Ontario, uh, Bill 48 is demanding that taxpayers fund gender affirming cosmetic procedures. All of this in the midst of a healthcare crisis. Mia Ashton from Cosbar and the Post Millennial is next with a story. Stay with us. Back to the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. In defense of women on The Richard Serrett Show. Now it's welcome back. Well, another crazy private member's bill, courtesy of the... uh, crazy Marxist-Leninist party, I mean the NDP here in Ontario, Bill 42, which is um, basically demanding that taxpayers foot the bill for gender-affirming cosmetic procedures, all this in the midst of a healthcare crisis. Here to tell us more about Private Members Bill 42, Mia Ashton is the lead on Cosbar's child safeguarding campaign. And she's also a writer with the post millennial Mia. Welcome back. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Very well. Uh, Bill 42. This, this all sounds rather familiar. This is, um, this was introduced earlier. I think a couple, like a, a year or two ago by another uh, NDP MPP. Is that right? Do I have that right? Yeah. That's right. It was Suze Morrison, and she was the NDP and MPP for Toronto Centre as well. So um, this is just the same bill. I don't see very much um, difference between the two. Um, It has just been reintroduced. But a year has passed, and in that year, an awful lot has happened in the world of gender medicine outside Canada, but this bill is exactly the same. It's as if, it's as if nothing else, nothing has happened any, anywhere else in the world. And we just live in a bubble of affirmation and, 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 and fast tracking people into medical procedures. Right. So when you say a lot is going on in the world, for example, as we've talked about on this program at the Tavistock Institute in, in, uh, in the UK, they have stopped. Uh, this gender affirming care program, well, all of the UK has really, uh, the FDA in the United States recently now issue, uh, putting, uh, warnings on puberty blockers. A number of states have, um, have made gender affirming care illegal. So you're right. The world is moving in another direction, but here in Canada, the land that time forgot, uh, as you say, we live in a bubble. So, uh, this, 
Bill 42, which was introduced by Kristen Wong Tam from Toronto Center. It's called the Gender Affirming Healthcare Advisory Committee Act. Uh, so the, basically they want uh, taxpayers to foot the bill for gender affirming cosmetic procedures. What else is in this bill that uh, you find troubling? For me, I think the most troubling part is actually there's a it says they want to implement the informed consent model of care. Now, that sounds really good, but it's it's not uh, it's a misnomer. So the informed consent model of care is a form of gender affirming care that removes the need for mental health professionals entirely. It removes the need for a mental health professional to refer you for hormones or surgeries. So it's basically it, it creates a sort of transition on demand where if a person says they are trans, they are trans and they if they want hormones, they get to decide whether they have hormones and no mental health involvement at all. And like I said, other countries are going in the complete opposite direction. So England, Sweden, Finland, many United, many states in the US are shifting back to psychotherapy and and moving away from this medical transition. So we're going in completely wrong direction with this informed consent model. Should it get passed? I mean, it's only gone through first reading so far. So um, the, the, the gender affirming care or trans care, trans health care, let's call it. The model there is what? The patient that diagnoses themselves? Exactly. This is, yes, the affirmation model is basically if if someone says they are trans, anyone, including down to a child, if a child or an adult says they're trans, then they are trans. And it is not the position of a healthcare provider to question that. It's simply to help them on their gender journey, I think is how they word it. Um, so it, it's... It, we we know that there are about 40,000 members in in Dtrans a Dtrans subreddit right now so we know that we're getting it very wrong for a lot of people but affirming care providers refuse to acknowledge that and the other thing as you point out in the article with the post millennial is you know they they want to push this bill through which again would would mean taxpayers would foot the bill for gender affirming cosmetic procedures many of which are very invasive uh, and they want to do this in the midst of a healthcare crisis. Our healthcare is crumbling. An awful lot of people don't have access to family doctors. They don't have access to the most basic, vital healthcare for their for their ba- basic healthcare needs. And this is asking that we fund cosmetic procedures and then they they try to um frame it as these these procedures are life-saving which is the the transition or suicide myth that absolutely there's no research or evidence to suggest that that's true they just use it as a way to get all of their demands met so what kind of cosmetic procedures would be covered if if they in other words they want to expand uh insurance coverage under ohip for these cosmetic procedures. Can you give me some examples of things that would be covered if Bill fifty two, Bill forty two, were to pass? Facial feminization surgery is one, and this is a very invasive procedure. This is where the um, a trans identified male would have the bone structure on his face sort of shaved, carved down into a more feminine 
um, appearance. And then there's another one, electrolysis, which is um, permanent hair removal, again, for trans-identified males who, who identify as women. And it's important to note that there are women who suffer from medical conditions that cause excess facial hair growth and body hair growth, and they're not offered hair removal on OHIP. So the the, the trans community, they, they, they say that they want equal rights, but it seems that they want sort of privileges above and beyond what other people have. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. It's It's not about rights, equal rights. It's about extra rights, privileges. Um, and um, so do you have any any thoughts on whether do you think this will pass? Do they have the votes? I, it's very hard to say. I mean, we, we have a conservative government, so I should be able to say quite confidently no. Um, but this is Canada, so I can't. Um, it made it to second reading last time. And I, yes, I would hope that this time I see I'm trying to be positive and seeing this as an opportunity to once again, write briefs, submit briefs, try and alert our politicians in the province to what's happening outside Canada and the developments elsewhere in the world. So perhaps this is a positive thing and we get to once again inform them of the truth of what this really means. Well, let's hope they see uh, the light of day or they, they rather they see the, uh, um, you know, this, the, the, the rest of the world is going in the, in the exact opposite direction. Mia Ashton is the lead on Cosbar's child safeguarding campaign. And uh, she writes for the post millennial. You can follow her on Twitter at underscore cry Mia river underscore cry Mia spelled M I a river. All right, Mia, we'll uh, talk again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. We all love the low country lifestyle, which is why we should do our best to protect it. To get insurance that helps you protect your home from whatever the low country throws at you, contact CT Lowndes and Company today. Their local agents can review your coverage to help make sure you're properly protected. CT Lowndes and Company has been helping protect and insuring the low country since 1850. Visit ctlounds.com to learn more and request a quote. That's C-T-L-O-W-N-D-E-S dot com. All right. When we come back, John O'Connor will be here, U.S. attorney. We'll talk about uh, the House Republicans announcing they are going to start launching hearings, investigations into alleged corruption and criminality of President Joe Biden and his family. And we'll uh, also talk about the FBI now 
conveniently, finally admitting they found nothing of substance during that raid at Mar-a-Lago. Of course, they waited until after the midterm elections to announce that. And uh, we'll also speak with David Freiheit, host of Viva Fry on YouTube. We'll talk about uh, the G20 declaration that they are going to strengthen digital COVID-19 certificates. Back with more of The Richard Serrett Show right after these. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Seeking truth and justice in a battleground of deception and corruption, this is The Richard Serrett Show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! We must not allow ourselves to be intimidated. Our task is not only to win the battle, but to win the war. Repeating, we're not in Kansas anymore. Take a look at this country through her eyes if you really want to see something. You'll see the whole parade of what man's carved out for himself after centuries of fighting. And welcome to Hour 2 of The Richard Serrett Show, therichardserrettshow.com, therichardserrettshow.com. That's the website. If you missed Hour 1, you missed a lot, but don't despair. Still plenty of great programming coming your way. Uh, last order of business, David Freiheit, our good friend David Freiheit, a.k.a. Viva Fry, host of a, a wildly popular YouTube channel, uh, will be here. A couple of uh, items on the menu to discuss, uh, including... The G20 issuing this declaration that they will strengthen the digital COVID-19 certificates. Uh, I think it was, uh, well, a few days ago, I played a, a clip from the Indonesian health minister who was at the uh, the G20. Well, he was, he was addressing the B20. This is kind of this parallel business 20 group. And uh, that was his recommendation. Basically, let's bring back vax passports, vax mandates to travel. And uh, now they've signed this declaration, basically affirming the same. And uh, David Freiheit will also weigh in on President Zelensky of Ukraine. Uh, I mean, this guy, he makes me nervous. Makes me nervous. Someone described him as just another, you know, Eastern European dictator in a tracksuit. And uh, it seems like he's trying to drag NATO into World War III. Even before there were any... Uh, investigation into the uh, that missile strike or rocket strike that uh, killed several Polish citizens. He was ready to accuse the Russians of firing uh, that missile into Poland and wanted NATO to respond. That's just absolutely reckless. We'll get his take on that as well. Uh, a little bit later this hour, too, we'll, we'll uh, carve out some time for uh, some more of your, your phone calls, 289-275-9600. Earlier, I was talking about it's time in Ontario for charter schools. It's time to give parents more control, more choice over their children's education. And uh, this, as we uh, once again are, are facing a possible education support staff strike as of Monday. 
closing the schools yet again. All right, before we get to that, the uh, Republicans, of course, have regained control of the House by a thin majority, and uh, they have announced that they are ready to launch into committee hearings and investigations into possible criminality on behalf or on the part of President Joe Biden and his family. Have a listen to this. We are releasing a report today that details what we have uncovered. We are also sending letters to the Biden administration officials and Biden family associates renewing our request for voluntary production of documents relevant to this investigation. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, the president of the United States, and why he lied to the American people about his knowledge and participation in his family's international business schemes. National security interests require the committee conduct investigation, and we will pursue all avenues, avenues that have long been ignored. Committee Republicans have uncovered evidence of federal crimes committed by and to the benefit of members of the president's family. These include conspiracy or defrauding the United States, wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, violation of the Foreign Agent Registration Act, violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, violations of the Trafficking Victims Protection Act, tax evasion, money laundering, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. In the 118th Congress, this committee will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who is compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. There you go. That's a Republican uh, Representative James Comer of Kentucky. Um, who I, I believe, along with Jim Jordan of Ohio, will be sitting on this uh, committee or uh, looking into these allegations to uh, talk more on this issue. John O'Connor, U.S. attorney, the author of Postgate, how the Washington Post betrayed Deep Throat, con- uh, covered up Watergate and began today's partisan advocacy journalism and his new one, The Mysteries of Watergate. What really happened? John, welcome back. How are you? Hey, Richard, I'm good. Your thoughts on uh, this uh, these investigations that are about to launch in the uh, the U.S. House of Representatives into alleged criminality of the Biden family. Well, I think they're long overdue, but I'll be a little bit of a legal wet blanket for you, Richard. And just to predict what's going to happen here. Uh, I think investigation is certainly within the purview of an oversight committee. And th- these are very serious issues here when it looks like you have first a vice president, now a president. Uh, compromised by his family members getting lucrative uh, compensation from our one of our biggest rivals, perhaps enemies. Uh, here's the problem. You ask for documents. There may be some documents out there already that people have, fine and dandy. However, to the extent you want a document from Hunter Biden, Fifth Amendment. To the extent you want one from James Biden, Fifth Amendment. To the extent you want any from Joe Biden personally, Um, He could invoke the Fifth Amendment, which would be embarrassing for him. But more uh, to the point, he has some pretty good executive privilege arguments that you shouldn't be investigating the president while he's in office. The whole thing that I would staunchly defend Trump on, I would probably have to reluctantly do the same thing for Biden. That is to say, can a legislative branch start digging into the executive Unless, as in the case of Richard Nixon, there's such a clear and palpable showing of a crime, as per John Dean testifying to all the elements of a crime, uh, can you force the the chief executive to hand over uh, materials? That's a big issue, is all I'm saying. It may get resolved in favor of the 
Congress, but but that's there. Now, what has to look, this is a guy that owns the biggest mansion in Wilmington, has a place on the beach, I think is buying another one. For a guy who's making a congressional salary, those are pretty good accomplishments, put, put, has, has put a couple people, few people through college. Um, hats off to him, uh, but uh, most of us don't have mansions after putting kids through college uh, unless we're in a hedge fund or something like that. But right. Well, that's so, the 10% for the big guy. He was, um, but, but you say that, you know, they won't be able to subpoena these documents. Don't they already have everything they need on Hunter's laptop? And, you know, does the FBI even know where that is? Well, that's a good point. Uh, there is a laptop out there. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Uh, they may not act like they have it, but you're right. But not all the documents are there. And there is this third party out there, this uh, accountant who, was sort of a go-between and was issuing checks. So there may be some documents from this guy, and he may be a better guy. Now, is he going to take the fifth? I don't know. I, I, he may have uh, Fifth Amendment law is very broad as to who can take it. All you have to do is think of some possible crime that they could possibly get you for, and you can take the fifth. Now, this guy, whoever the money man is, can testify and could show uh, all kinds of transfers between Hunter and, and Joe and, and Jim Biden. And it's certainly from what we have now, it certainly looks like Joe is in on the action. We have that already. For Tony Bobolinsky is one that will be another good witness. Uh, these documents for the 10% for the big guy. See, I think he's getting more than 10%. The email on the laptop to his daughter uh, in a moment of candor, Hunter admits he's splitting things with his father. The 10% actually in, on that deal looks like really about 50% of what Hunter's going to get. Words, I think Hunter was going to get 10 and the big guy was going to get 10. So it does look like a 50% deal. 10% almost undersells it when you use that figure, but it, it is really sort of 50% of what he and his son are going to get. So all these things uh, should be brought out. I think the implication should be rooted to the public. And, and if anything, if anything, it's good for the public to know. Uh, I don't think everybody follows this as closely as you and I do. And so just having the investigation and raising these very obvious issues will help quite a bit in shining a light on this. I just don't think my comments earlier meant that I don't think we're going to get to the point where they really can nail Biden for things he's probably done, but no, we're not sure of. You're right, because of um, executive privilege and so forth. And and uh, yeah, not likely to be indictments. But as you know, I, I think the Republicans bigger concern here is they want to inflict as much political damage on not only Biden, but maybe the Democrats, um, you know, going into the, the 2024 election. But Hunter Biden has been under federal investigation since 2018. Uh, you know, this was about tax fraud and then there, he lied on a firearm application. I mean, they can't even get him on that. It's been four years. What, where, what is the state of that investigation? Well, they can get him. Uh, uh, the question is, do they want to get him? Uh, you know, uh, actually having a federal investigation is like having a bulletproof shield over him. If he were to, here's the deal. If he were to, to, cut a deal. And he's, he's got one probably in hand that's a slap on the wrist. The problem is that they're wrestling with is that if he cuts the deal, he automatically no longer has a Fifth Amendment right. Uh, and 
So they can question him. So one of the things they don't want to do, they want this thing to their protective shield, as I would say, to last as long as possible. Uh, the guy that is investigating him, uh, people will say, oh, gee, he's a Trump appointee. He must be a good guy. He's a straight guy. No, he may be a Trump appointee, but he serves at the pleasure of one Joseph R. Biden. That's a so, David Weiss, U.S. Attorney David Weiss. Right. He can be a Republican. He can be a Martian. It doesn't matter. He owes his job to Biden. And so really what this also points to is there's no way that that guy should be prosecuting this case. It should be a special counsel. Merrick Garland is required under Justice Department guidelines to appoint a special uh, counsel. You will not find any members of the press actually saying that which they know. Uh, it's interesting how they always come up and point out that a special prosecutor should, should be appointed when it's Trump or Nixon or George Bush, but not when it's Jimmy Carter, uh, Al Gore, um, and now uh, we have Joe Biden. They don't they don't mention it, but but it's required. It's now required. All right. We'll take a quick time out, uh, John. When we come back, the FBI now sheepishly admitting uh, that the uh, raid on Mar-a-Lago a few months ago really netted nothing of consequence. Uh, of course, they waited until after the midterms to make that announcement. We'll uh, come back and discuss further. John O'Connor, U.S. attorney and uh, the author of The Mysteries of Watergate, What Really Happened. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. John O'Connor is with us, attorney, U.S. attorney, author of Postgate and also The Mysteries of Watergate, What Really Happened, host of the Mysteries of Watergate podcast. You can find out more at postgatebook.com, postgatebook.com. Uh, so The Washington Post now, uh, John, uh, basically coming out and admitting that uh, the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago was much ado about nothing. Federal agents and prosecutors, they report, have come to believe former President Donald Trump's motive for allegedly taking and keeping classified documents was largely his ego and a desire to hold on to the materials as trophies or mementos. This, according to people familiar with the matter. In other words, Trump wanted some souvenirs. Right. And let me tell you this. This isn't something that just came out. The Post knew this all along. It was obvious to everybody that this was the case. He believed that he had the personal right to some of these things, these mementos. He didn't doesn't understand the law that really he, if the archives treated him fairly, and it's not clear they did, he would have the right to have them. They just wouldn't be owned by him. He could have them someplace in the warehouse they're supposed to provide for him, and he can put them in his library under a glass case. They're just technically owned by somebody else. So I don't know that he ever understood that and that he could have done this uh, if he had a lawyer that he would listen to. But that said, here, the Post loves to talk about right wing conspiracies and their, their conspiracy theorists. These are the people that promulgated the Russian conspiracy. But these are the intelligent part of the part part of things. This is not on the right on the right side. You sometimes get people that aren't really that believe things a little more gullibly and believe in the pizza conspiracy. But the educated people on the right don't. They don't promulgate stupid, lying conspiracy theories. This whole idea that Trump may sell secrets to the Russians is absurd on its face. No person with sober judgment would ever think that. 
They know that from not only from Trump's personality, but the fact is these documents were obviously largely ho-hum. There are only a few of them. Uh, they leaked the idea that there were nuclear secrets, so there really weren't any nuclear secrets. The only thing they talked about was one document, and it may not have even been classified, in which somebody talked about the fact that another country uh, may not have had nuclear capabilities. Yeah, the nuclear capabilities are lack of this. So if there's just a sentence that is in a report that says, of course, Iran doesn't have nuclear weapons yet and would like to have them, or Ukraine doesn't have them because it gave them up to Russians, that's what they could be talking about, something that you and I know that everybody knows. So then that that morphs into the conspiracy theory that the Post uh, pushed, as did the Times, that Trump is out there with his overcoat on showing these secrets and hoping to get a lot of money from them. And I've talked to a lot of my college-educated friends on the left who believe that. And I think, how stupid are you? And of course, that, that theory is given credence because the smart guys say it. So if you say it, nobody can say that you're an idiot conspiracy theorist because after all, the Post says it, the Times says it. Well, so what's happening is on the left, they promote the wildest conspiracy theories so that the populace out there can then adopt them and think they're being uh, oh so erudite. Uh, <laughs> and yet at the same time, they're calling the people on the right uh, the conspiracy theorists. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Right. And then when there's when they when it's found out that there is absolutely no substance to any of that and the FBI admits it, the Washington Post holds on to that information until after the midterm elections. How convenient. Right. Right. And there's no apology. There's no sense that, gee, they act like, oh, we just found this out. They didn't just find this out. They knew it all along. The same FBI agents that were talking to them now were talking to them then. And it's probably obvious from the conversations that they were having way back when the archives started talking to Cash Patel or whoever, that Trump believed that these were personal mementos. That's something that was out there already. But the Post chose not to report the truth when it suited them. And now they're they're doing this as a preemptive measure not to look stupid. Uh, but that's that's the what, what's terrible about it. And there's never an apology. There's never any sense of, of of guilt or shame saying, oh, my gosh, we were really bad for promoting this Russiagate conspiracy. I read the documents right away when they came out on BuzzFeed on Russia. And I thought this is the silliest a cartoonish thing you could imagine. And you can look at it right away and look right through it, how silly it is and, and, and see as anybody that, that practices any kind of common counterintelligence, which includes litigators and trial lawyers. So this whole thing is, is silly. John O'Connor, U.S. attorney, author of The Mysteries of Watergate, What Really Happened? Don't forget the podcast, The Mysteries of Watergate. You can find out more at postgatebook.com. John, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Good talk to you, Richard. You too. You too. All right. When we come back, we'll open up the phone lines for a short spell. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. 
Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. We all love the low country lifestyle, which is why we should do our best to protect it. To get insurance that helps you protect your home from whatever the low country throws at you, contact C.T. Lowndes & Company today. Their local agents can review your coverage to help make sure you're properly protected. C.T. Lowndes & Company has been helping protect and insuring the low country since 1850. Visit ctlowns.com to learn more and request a quote. That's C-T-L-O-W-N-D-E-S dot com. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. Just ahead of David Freiheit, a.k.a. Viva Fry. Stay with us. The Bull Session continues on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. All right, we just have a few minutes for a uh, phone call, a quick call or two, 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. And coming up next, David Freiheit, a.k.a. Viva Fry from the popular YouTube channel. And um, we'll talk about a couple of things. The, um, the G20 has apparently just uh, signed a, a declaration, which appears at least, according to, I believe it's Article 23 of this declaration, appears to um, commit the uh, the G20 countries to a vaccine passport. It could be a COVID passport or a COVID vaccine or any vaccine that the World Health Organization deems necessary. So in one fell swoop, changing our rights forever, rights and freedoms, imposing a vaccine mandate, restricting travel. Here it comes. Here it comes. We'll uh, also get Viva Fry to comment on um, what happened over the last couple of days. This uh, Russian rocket, it was initially reported that struck, went into Polish territory, killed several Polish citizens. And of course, Zelensky jumped all over that accusing the Russians, demanding that NATO act, trying to drag us into World War III. Here's uh, Tucker Carlson. It's the interesting thing and the thing that is relevant to us. Ukraine never admitted that. Zelensky kept lying on television. So when you run a country where the free press has been banned, as it has been in Ukraine, you may not realize that the rest of the world is not required to believe you. You can't throw them all in jail. So he kept telling you what you knew was not true. Quote, I have no doubt that this is not our missile, he said today. I believe that this was a Russian missile based on military reports. Again, that's not only untrue, it's a lie that could get millions of Americans killed. So you have to ask yourself, is it time to stop backing this guy? Could the risk be too high? He's lying on purpose to get us into a war? Maybe he's not worth supporting in the first place. Maybe. Yeah, that's my, something to think about. Uh, all right, let's uh, grab a quick call here. We just have a bit, about a minute. I'll try and be quick. 
Hi there. Welcome. Is it, um, I'm not sure who we have on the air here. You're on the air regardless. Hello. Hello there. Hi there. Who's this? Oh, hi. It's Richard. Your name yeah, is Richard. Yes. Yes. Both our names are Richard. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Welcome. Where, where are you calling from? <laughs> Thank you. Hamilton. All right. Welcome. Thank you, sir. I was wondering, have you ever interviewed the American Chris Hedges? No, I have not. Remind oh, me. Oh, you don't know who he is? Well, oh, he's an American more. scholar. Okay. He's a seminarian. He's traveled around the world. He's, um, he seems to have a great knowledge, and um, he can explain easily the um, authoritarian nature of uh, countries and how the U.S. is going that way. Okay. Very knowledgeable fellow. All right, Chris Hedges. Yes, anyway, I just, I'll look Chris into Hedges, that. yes. Okay, Richard, I got to run. Right, thank you. Quick call. I appreciate that. Bye. Chris Hedges. Thank you. Bye. Uh, he wants him on the show. Okay, we'll look, we'll look into that. All right, let's uh, take a quick time out. When we come back, David Freiheit will be here. Viva Fry. Stay with us. Just having a little chin wag on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. Hello, Vladimir. It's Rishi and Justin. I really wanted you to hear from us as friends. We absolutely know how difficult yesterday was. It was horrific for you and your country. And we have called it out in the session that we've just had uh, and on the media here this morning. And we made that point loud and clear uh, to to everyone who was here that what your country had to live through yesterday was unacceptable and represented yet more barbarity from the Russians. We stood united in condemning it. Rishi and I really wanted to, to reach out to reassure you, uh, to show you we're standing with you, uh, and to say we're going we're gonna, to uh, figure out this uh, step by step altogether. Thank you, Vladimir. Talk to you soon. There you go. Justin and Rishi. It's the Justin and Rishi show. Uh, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what that phone call was all about. Uh, shouldn't they have been calling Poland, who just lost, uh, you know, several of their countrymen in that uh, rocket explosion? Uh, anyway, Poland, who is uh, ahead of NATO's military alliance, they hold that uh, position, NATO member. They did an investigation. The Americans agree it was not a Russian uh, rocket that uh, struck Poland, killing several of their citizens. That didn't stop Zelensky from trying to drag NATO into World War III. This guy's out of control. He's reckless. I don't think we should trust him. David Freiheit is with us. He's the host of Viva Fry, a wildly popular channel on YouTube with over half a million subscribers. David, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. What was that uh, That staged, ridiculous phone call to Zelensky from uh, Rishi Sunak, UK's new prime minister, and uh, and Justin? I mean, it, it's, it's laughable to the point where th- there's nobody online who doesn't think it's an absolute embarrassment. They, they're trolling us. They're trolling the citizens in real time, calling Zelensky to in as much as there have been atrocities in war, you know, Russia to Ukraine. That was the day after or you know, shortly after uh, Ukraine apparently lobbed a missile that landed in Poland, killed two Poles yes. and tried to blame it on Russia to invoke Article five of the U.N. treaty, whatever you call it, to, to get the world into World War three, to make the mistake, to exploit the mistake. And now you got Trudeau and Rishi calling up 
it, it's a, it's a sad, sick joke that you know. But for the but for the will of people on Twitter, would have gotten everyone into World War Three. I should say, people on Twitter wanted to jump into World War Three over this. Right. So are we at the point now? I think we can safely say we can't trust Zelensky. I mean, he shouldn't get another dollar. Uh, I said when the mistake happened and everyone on Twitter, in the Twitterverse, on social media said, this is it. They, they, finally, they, 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 they attacked a NATO member. It's time. And I was like, OK, well, they attacked a NATO member. Allegedly, the, the very same day Zelensky went to G20 with a 10 point peace plan. And we're to expect that this narrative, this timeline makes sense. I said, I'll, I'll wait for a bit. And then the news came out. I, I suspect all of the authorities knew pretty soon after, especially Ukraine, especially Zelensky, that this wasn't Russia attacking Poland even by accident. And instead of admitting it, try to spin it and whip everyone up into a frenzy to exploit their own their own killing of, of NATO members to blame it on the enemy. There's a word for that. It's called false flag. It's called a number of things. Um, it's outrageous. The, the mistake is a problem trying to spin it to drag the world into a world war over Ukraine's mistake is egregious. And I don't know, I, it doesn't seem to deter Trudeau. He's still going to he's still going to stand with him and right. uh, continue yeah, to and funnel our yeah, money there. He got duped. Uh, he got duped, played along with this. Uh, you know, it could have been a tra- well, it was tragic, obviously, for the individuals in Poland that died. But I mean, it f- could have had far reaching consequences. It could have involved you know millions of lives uh if this thing go you know blows up and goes nuclear uh you know this fresh off the heels of of trudeau who likes to play dress up getting dressed down by president xi in china for leaking you know comments to the press uh after their so-called confidential uh conversation i mean this guy just can't get it right every time he's out on the world stage he just puts his foot in his mouth they sh- we should revoke his passport well it's it's uh, there's a principle called fractal wrongness is it's he's everything he does is wrong and it can't be by accident at this point it's the, everyone has their theories as to why he is doing what he's doing siphoning off Canadian tax dollars to fund a, a foreign conflict uh, and and to jump to uh, this is jumping the shark if there's ever been to 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 get everyone into a more serious conflict. Um, but yeah, the, the, and then leaking the, the the his his call with she to the to the to the media and getting dressed down is not the word. If anybody who's seen the video, it actually looks like he's wobbling or hobbling off afterwards because he can barely walk. I think there's an, another innocuous reason to explain his, his his waddle, but it looked like he pooped his pants. I mean, in, in a literal sense, getting publicly humiliated by by she who I didn't appreciate actually understands and speaks English. So didn't really need the interpreter in that exchange, because there's a moment in, in that video where she is like avoiding looking at Trudeau as he spouts off his platitude about in Canada, we uh, respect open and free dialogue and. And she's like looking the other way and says, this guy's a, an absolute idiot. Um, I didn't know that she understands English. So wasn't relying on his translator, which would explain why he was looking away. Disdain. Uh, it, it, disdain and it's an embarrassment to Canada, but an embarrassment that's costing us money, costing us our national welfare and potentially escalating the war into an international World War Three. David, when we come back, we have to talk about um, uh, President Biden and the G20, this declaration it, it sounds like they're going to get behind another vaccine uh, mandate for travel. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that. David uh, is the host of Viva Fry. Check it out on uh, YouTube. Back with more of our conversation in two minutes. 
Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. And we are back with David Freiheit, host of Viva Fry. Viva Fry, F-R-E-I. It's a, a wildly popular channel on YouTube, over half a million subscribers, Viva Fry. So uh, the G20, this actually may have been at the B20, which is sort of the, the parallel conference going on at the same time in Bali, Indonesia. We have the Indonesian health minister saying this. So let's have a digital health certificate acknowledged by WHO if you have been vaccinated or tested properly, then you can move around. So for the next pandemic, instead of stopping the movement of the people 100%, which clocked the economy globally, you know, you can still provide some movement of the people. Indonesia has achieved, G20 country has agreed to have this digital certificate using WHO standard, and we will submit into the next the uh, World Health Assembly in Geneva as the revision to international health regulation. So hopefully for the next pandemic, we can still see some movement of the people, some movement of the goods and movement of the economy. All right. Sounds like a return to um, vaccine mandates, travel mandates. And then lo and behold, the G20 signing off on this declaration and everyone is uh, really up in arms about Article 23 of this declaration where they say, the G20, in their joint uh, declaration, we support continued international dialogue and collaboration on the establishment of trusted global digital health networks as part of the efforts to strengthen prevention and response to future pandemics that should capitalize and build on the success of the existing standards and digital COVID-19 certificates. David, this sounds like they're getting behind uh, a travel mandate. If you you don't have a vaccine passport, you don't travel. What What do you think? Did David, uh, I think he's on mute. David, are you there? Hold on one second. Okay, can you there hear you me now? Yes. Sorry about that. No worries. Uh, they they want to focus on a vaccine passport system before they have a safe and effective vaccine. I mean, mm. th- this is putting the carriage in front of the horse. And I, I know it's not a popular thing to say, but Alex Jones is proving to be right and prophetic in very substantive manner. He can be wrong and has been wrong on, on a couple of things, but he... He was talking about this 20 years ago, the idea of a digital ID, digital vaccine passports. Basically, the government owns our bodies for the purposes of everything. And, and it all, only goes you know, into digital currency and the government cutting off you know, finances, freezing bank accounts if you're not up to date with your vaccination status. The idea that they're talking about preventing the next pandemic on the basis of a technology that has failed in this pandemic, instead of worrying about vaccine passports, develop a safe and effective vaccine that actually prevents transmission. You won't need to implement a passport because people would line up to take something that is actually effective and safe. Uh, if the idea is just to, you know, for diagnostic purposes, if there's another pandemic, don't let sick people fly. OK, th- we're going one step beyond that and a big step beyond that. And it happens in the dead of night. Buried deep down in Section 23 of this declaration, for whatever it's worth, there's some other equally offensive provisions in there that people should take the time to read. Um, but it's it's proving that, you know, the people that were called crazy conspiracy theorists, it's coming true in real time. And people are either trying to rationalize it away or just deny it. Right. And in the, the G20, basically getting um, 
in bed with the World Health Organization, which, let's face it, is heavily influenced, if not totally controlled by the CCP. So whatever the World Health Organization deems as a health emergency and whatever they whatever measures they decide should be taken, the GD, the G20 uh, will be in lockstep with them. That that should give everyone, uh, you know, a reason to uh, to be very, very frightened. But Richard, like people have short memories or don't have knowledge to begin with. Trust did it WHO standards? I mean, this is the same institution that was calling it racist to suggest that the the the, the, the Rona came from a, a lab in China that was man made or, or the result of gain of function research. Hey, these are the same authorities who gave conflicting advice over time on masks, transmissibility, uh, asymptomatic spread. These are above above and beyond being by and large incompetent professionals, and I'm putting professionals in quotes. They are also politically corrupt entities um, through and through. And this is who we're entrusting our international national sovereignty, the, uh, surrendering the sovereignty of our own bodies to these individuals, unelected officials in some senses who have infiltrated, penetrated our cabinet. I mean, I saw this thing. Klaus Schwab gave a 13 minute speech at the B20, which you know comes before the G20, the business 20 to the G20, the government 20, unelected, unaccountable corrupt government, uh, non-government officials influencing, penetrating government for the purposes of policy. We're surrendering our bodily autonomy, our national autonomy to these unelected corrupt individuals. It's beyond shocking. And I don't know what it takes to get people to realize that this is egregious and shocking. Yeah. I mean, it, it may be too late to, to wake people up at this point. Uh, if, if, if this is actually going into, um, operation this article 23 the next whatever the who decides the world health organization decides is the next pandemic real or imagined uh all of the g20 countries will basically uh institute a worldwide travel ban for those who who don't take the jab and it's, uh, it's uh, beyond it, this is a it's a nightmare it, it, monkey pox you won't be able to go to europe unless you get the monkey pox vaccine i mean the, the um there may be some uh, other steps that are required before this becomes international treaty law, like it's going to have to get ratified nationally by way of the process for recognizing treaties. Right now, it seems to be a declaration or a statement of intent of sorts. We stand with this and it has no uh, enforceable value. But this is this is off the White House website. I mean, this is the government stating openly these are the principles in which we believe that we're getting ready to implement on our citizens. It's um, it's it's egregious. We have, we have surrendered bodily autonomy and not for things that have been around for decades that have gone through what were historically um, rigorous standards uh, that respected historical definitions of vaccines. Our, our, our bodies have gone from being temples to being uh, government testing grounds. And it's it's atrocious. All right. Uh, it is indeed. David Freiheit, host of Viva Fry. Check it out on YouTube. David, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. For, and also on Rumble. I have got to, I got to start uh, making sure we're, we're on Rumble as well. And I'm getting very large on Rumble, but uh, that's it uh, on the interwebs. Fantastic. All right. YouTube and Rumble. Check it out. Viva Fry. Thank you All very right. much. My pleasure. Thank you. That's it for me. My thanks to Jody, Declan, and Jacob. I'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again, God willing. I'll speak with you at four. Don't be late. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken.
That's it. That's all. For more Richard Serrett Show, podcasts, blogs, and other stuff, go to saga960am.ca. Stop talking past each other and start talking with each other. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon at 4 on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy.